Hello, this is Sarah. We are currently on a two-week holiday break here at Pantsuit Politics, but we pre-recorded this episode special just for you. We sat down with our entire team and talked about our end-of-the-year rituals and how we set goals and intentions for the new year, and we really hope you enjoy it. We'll be back from break and responding to the news in 2022. This is Sarah Stewart-Holland. And this is Beth Silvers. Thank you for joining us for Pantsuit Politics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Pantsuit Politics. We have our team here. Beth and I are here with Elise and Maggie And we brought the team together to talk about how we wrap up the year and how we set goals, resolutions, rituals for the new year. I'm so excited. And we have lots of different ages, lots of different life experiences. And that's why we thought it'd be fun to bring the team together and kind of talk through how we handle all this. Lots of personalities. It's important. It's fun. So it's kind of a fully outside of politics episode. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's my favorite time of year i love hard endings and fresh beginnings i also love the school year it's not quite as good as the calendar year so i'm thrilled to be here with everybody having this conversation it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special. And they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, 
Whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. Maybe that's what we should start with. How does everybody feel about the end of the year and the new year, generally, when it comes around on the calendar? Beth, you start. I like a change. Mm -hmm. I really like a change of any variety. I'll take it in any form. I loved a new semester when I was in school. And this is really as close as we get as adults to truly a new semester. It's a little bit tricky Because, man, I hate the winter weather in January and February. I know we differ on this, Sarah, Mm -hmm, but I really, by the middle of February, am crawling out of my skin. So I don't love that so much. But I like turning the page on the calendar and just trying to think about what do I want to do? It's like it's a question asking time. And I love that. What about you, Maggie? I love a new year. And actually, what I love about it is. Today is actually when we're recording, it's my husband's birthday, and then we get the new year, and then we get my birthday in January. So it's like if I ever, like, it's got like, I get to like slide in and then I get a do over on my birthday (laughs) in case I wasn't ready by New Year's. (laughs) What about you, Elise? I feel very similarly to Beth in that I like the fresh start aspect of it. I love the analogy to syllabus day, Sarah, because I mean, I loved that as a student. I loved it when I was a professor. I'm not in the higher ed space anymore, but I still carry that higher ed energy with me. And the fresh start feels exciting. I also just love the openness and possibility of a new year. And I like it. I like a clean ending too. Like, like, all right, we're wrapping things up. We're putting things away. It feels nice to end the year in a holiday season where we get a minute, at least in my life, this is the way it works, is there's a minute to actually like rest and relax. My husband and I, at least up until this point in our lives, the holiday season has involved just a lot of like getting to like lay around and be together and not have a lot of obligations. And I really love just having that minute to take a, a breath and then have a whole fresh new year, new energy. It's great. I don't feel like we're really illustrating the difference in personalities. We're all clearly like A-plus students who are like, we love it. We love the fresh start. We don't have anybody who's like, meh. Now, I will say that my orientation to the end of year and the new year, like sort of my ritual surrounding how I wrap up the end of the year and start fresh, has changed a lot since I became an Episcopal because we celebrate Epiphany which is January 6th this year. So we continue to celebrate Christmas. I love the 12 days of Christmas. For y'all don't know, that is the actual 12 days of Christmas. They start on Christmas Day and fall through Epiphany. Um, And so I keep the trees up. I do kind of a, a, a soft close. Some of the fake trees come down a little bit at a time. So that's all that's left on that final day is the real tree. And... It's been really good for me, though, because I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to have everything down on December 31st and be ready to institute an entire litany of resolutions 
on January 1st. And now this has like created sort of a soft edge to both transitions and helped me embrace like the entire month of January as the fresh start. So my orientation has shifted quite a bit and I have a lot more sort of wind down time. So what do you guys do in the wind down? What do you do to to wind up the previous year? Uh, I love that journey for you, but I am a hard stop kind of person on the Christmas season. I like the first week of January to have a clean house, decorations put away, gifts have found their home within our home, and we are off to the races. I'm not hardcore about resolutions as much as the physical space. I like to turn that page with the calendar. Can I just interject here that this could be a part of your difficulty by the end of February because it creates such a cold feel when you strip all the lights away and start January 1st. By the end of February, you're like, "Mm." like, I don't even take, I take the Christmas down, but I put up winter decorations. So I leave lots of twinkle lights and snowflake decor because I did find like it gets, it's like, it's kind of cold, literally outside and inside when you strip everything away like that. I keep a cozy vibe. Okay, okay, okay. Like I do love a cozy. pillows and candles and okay. things like that. But I want anything glittered out. <laughs> I want all that glitter out. I want anything that has little pine needles gone. I'm ready for it to be clean. You sound so much like my husband, Beth. He is like the morning after Christmas. He wants it all to come down. He's like, it's like, it's a 26th. Like, tear it down. Like, we're out. Whereas when we started dating... We, our first date was at the end of January and well into February, our first few dates, my college roommate and I, my best friend who I lived together after college, we still had our Christmas tree up, like a fake Christmas tree up well into February that year, our first year as adults out of college. Um, So I'm, I, I love, I I think it's the, I like your point there, Sarah, that it's the, it keeps things feeling cozy. Now I will say, I feel less of a need for that now living in North Carolina than when we lived in the Midwest, where it was that January and February, brutally cold, really hard to get through. But here, and Maggie can speak to this even more in Florida, the sun is still shining in January and February. I don't need quite as much of the fun inside because there's still good things happening outside. January is literally the best month of the year to live in Florida. Mm. Like just people, like we just live here for like the whole, like we just suffer through the rest of the year so we can have January. I highly I recommend say, snowboarding. You deserve at least one Something. good month to you live in Florida. You get the fresh Florida. strawberries. You get blueberries, like all the citrus, like perfect. Okay, month. so besides just, just stripping out the Christmas decorations, does anybody have any end of year rituals that they do besides just taking down holiday decorations? I always do like because right. So I have my like karate school business. So we always do like a year in review of the like everything that we've done over there, which I find really fun because what this kind of gets into what I do for the new year is like, I kind of make like a, I make like just like a list of things like Gretchen Rubin does that. Like she started a couple years ago with like a 19 for 2019 and 20 for 2020. Anyway, 22 things is too many. So I like, I stick with like 15, but so I kind of make a list at the beginning of the year. And so then I like compare it at the end of the year. Like did I complete my quest? I like that. How does it feel to you when, um, I don't know, the year has not been what you expected it to be and mm. in, in ways that changed what the quest could be. Like, what does it mean to you if you look at the desires from the previous year and they seem off at the end of the new year? 
Well, like, so like this year, like I spent the spring teaching math in a high school and I just like, I look back at that. And I'm like, you know, I have spent so much, I spent so much time wondering if I was missing my calling by not being a math teacher that I'm just like so grateful that I did it, that I hated it know. and I never have to do it again. <laughs> so grateful. <laughs> I'm nothing but gratitude. We do something similar. We have a big poster on our wall that's like our Holland family goals. Like how many nights did we want to sleep outside? How many days did we want to spend outside? And I kind of mess with different sections of it. I try to do like a a section this year that to speak to your question, Beth, was just a failure. It did not work. Setting some like kind of household goals, one of which was for my little boys to remember to flush the toilet. So, you know, just like really aspirational stuff here. And it didn't really work. There was like not a way to keep up with it and really measure it. So I'm going to work on that this year. Because that's to me, it's like if you didn't meet the goal, it's it's not a reason to say like you're the worst or you failed. It's more like, well, what prevented you from reading? Like what was the barrier? What's the support that's missing? That's what I really try to keep my eyes on when I'm looking back over the year and think, okay, well, this is what I wanted to happen this year and it didn't. But like why? It's like problem solving mode, not judging mode. Mm-hmm. I like that. What about you, Elise? You know, thinking about this, how to wrap up the year, I often feel like I'm coming into the end of the year with just some crash and burn energy. Of mm. <laughs> I'm worn out and I'm exhausted. And so I don't think I have a lot that closes out the year in like formal ways. It's really that leading into rest and allowing myself some space to reset. I will say the things that I'm very, the one thing I'm super intense about is um, my reading. I read a lot, usually just over 100 books a year. I have a spreadsheet. It's color coordinated. I get a lot of joy out of tracking what I'm reading, looking back at the list, making the fresh list for the next year. So I bring a lot of that like real intense type A energy that in many ways, I have done a better job releasing as I've gotten older. I mean, it's not released. Don't get me wrong. I still have lots of it. But around end of the year in goal setting, I have tried to do better at it. But I still hold on to it very intensely around like my Goodreads goal and the spreadsheet of books. And did I make it? And and how much of what type of books did I read? And in theory, I also make a like a yearbook, a picture book for us every year. I'm a couple years behind. I need to catch up on that. <laughs> well, I changed my process around that this year. I usually do that, too. I pr- like put all the pictures, but it was such a heavy lift at the end of the year. So I tried something different this year. I used an app. It's 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 around the Project 52 people who do, you know, like a heavy scrapbook page every week. I didn't do that, but I love this app. It's just called Project Life. So powerful. I can pull all the pictures from my phone. I can write over top of them really easily. I can add in a little journal card. And I just, it takes me like two to three minutes. I've been doing the year. So I'll be able to just print that and be done within five minutes at the end of the year. I'm going to wait until I see how the book prints out. It's more expensive than like the Snapfish books and stuff. And I just want to make sure I like the final product. But the app has been like game changing for that sort of end of the year process because I would used to have to sit down, upload all the pictures, decide what order I want to put them in. And it's like it's a lift, man. But I'm loving this, especially if you take all your pictures on your phone. This app is really powerful and really, really cool. So I will report back on the product. But I do that as well. I print out all my photos for the end of the year. Yeah, I I need to check that out then, because I think the barrier for me of why I end up behind on doing something like a yearbook situation, which I really do love. I love having for us of every year that we've we've been married. 
I think it's the the lack of systemization. I'm a systems person. And I think mm-hmm. if I just checked in with it, you know, once a month even, uh, it would feel a lot easier at the end of the year. And I'd feel I'd get that really wonderful feeling of accomplishment of like, I did this. And, and it's just also I fun to well. look through the pictures. Yeah. Like, that's a really good, important process, yeah. I think. I do that. And then I do some journaling. I really like Susanna Conway's Unravel Your Year. It's like a printable journal she sends out for free. And I really like that journal. And then she has like a month breakdown, like you can kind of sort of process your month. And she has just really good questions like, what felt uncomfortable this year? And what did you discover about yourself? Just stuff like that. I love I love a journal. I love a journal ritual. What about you, Beth? I just want to pop in and say that Unravel Your Year, we've done some of those together. And I think that was a hugely helpful uh, partnership exercise. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the month that we remembered to go through those questions together. I thought it was really beneficial. So I have a list of questions that I developed when I had a, a coaching practice that is kind of a, a look at like, what do I want to feel like in the next year? What do I want to learn more about? What do I want to experience? What do I want to prioritize? And then I have a little section at the end that basically tries to pull everyone back from the brink of making a hundred resolutions by just asking when I look at all these questions I just answered what what am I most drawn to and what would I actually be willing to do to move in the direction of this answer what am I not willing to do let me be honest with myself about that and then I kind of try to drill that down to three commitments and think about what support I need to honor those commitments. So I can update the year on this and maybe put it in our show notes as a link if people would like to use that exercise. Yeah, and I'll put the journal and the app in the links as well. What about you, Maggie? Do you do any like journaling or end of the year emotional processing beyond your business? Um, No is an acceptable answer. No is an acceptable answer. I don't journal. No. (laughs) What we usually do is we actually have this like very sweet thing we do. We call our weekly family meeting where we make a list. Like, and I include my kids, which is very fun because my five-year-old has very strong opinions of like what went well that week and what we want to do differently in the next week. I love that. And we kind of do that as like a year recap. Um, And my kids, we also do like a family photo book, which I have not made in two years. And my kids are very into the family photo book. I also like Beth's coaching questions because I did coaching with Beth and they're very good. I highly recommend them. Maggie, I love that idea of the weekly family meeting. Also, this just reminded me of not something not that we do, but that some of our dear, dear friends do. In fact, Amy is a listener of the show. So hi, Amy, you're wonderful. They write down all the funny things that like quotes and things that happen to them throughout the year and put them in a jar. And then at the end of the year, they pull them out and read them. Oh, I love that. And are reminded of all the funny moments and funny quotes throughout the year. And oftentimes she'll post them on social media so that everyone can enjoy the best ones. But I think that's such a fun tradition and such a hopeful and fun way to reflect on a year, even when a year is really hard. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that little ritual. I love that idea. That's the kind of thing I always like my aspirational self would like love to do and my actual self. I'm not that person, but I love that there are people like that. (laughs) Now, what about actual New Year's Eve? Are you party people? Are you in bed by 10 p.m. people? I have a fantasy that I'm a party person. I would love to. (laughs) I would. I some year of my life, I want to get like very dressed up and go to a fancy party where like people are drinking champagne and like there's a, you know, a live band playing, you know, jazz standards. And like, I want that experience at some point. 
And also, I'm realistic that my husband and I are stay home, don't socialize, (laughs) be in bed early. This year will be different because I'm pregnant and we won't do anything. (laughs) Although maybe that's not that different because we haven't done much the last few years. But in my heart, I would like us to be party people. I always stay up at least to watch the ball drop. My husband will go to sleep and sometimes I'll stay up and watch, you know, the five minutes of it right around midnight. And then I'll feel good and go to sleep. But I do like, I like to be, you know, I like to market in just even the tiniest way. What about you, Maggie? I have a very anxious dog and a lot of neighbors who are super into fireworks. (laughs) So usually I spend New Year's Eve like, trying to like calm my poor suffering dog. I did figure out doggies like medicine for that kind of thing. I figured that out last year. Yeah. They've like CBD made... for dogs and stuff. We didn't get that, but we got something like that. I don't know. I, I just asked the vet and they said, here, this is what you need. <laughs> she was much <laughs> happier. Uh, so yeah, I've been, I spent a lot of New Year's Eve's like with my suffering dog and my also like one of my daughters is very sensitive to like the loud noises. And so she just like sits in her room and it's like, why is all the noise happening? <laughs> Because we're in Florida and that's what people do. I don't know. (laughs) I like to go to sleep because I like to wake up fresh on New Year's Day rather than stay up late on New Year's Eve. I just kind of have like let go of that. I used to like when I was like a little, when I was a kid growing up, we would like have like a big New Year's Eve like family party where we would all stay up until midnight. And I think I've just like done that for my life. That's fair. Sarah, it feels like you're the type of person who would really want to mark the new year in an exciting way. Is yes, that I'm a party person. When I moved to Paducah, I joined Charity League, which is like our version of Junior League, and they hold a big fancy New Year's Eve party. So I went to that before I joined. And then as I was joined, I was requi- literally required to go. So I went for years, got Rent the Runway. It was super fun. I'm kind of, and then I took a break because I was required to go for so many years. I'm kind of ready to go back. But then we have friends who usually come for New Year's Eve. Last year, they were in Europe, and we went to bed early, and I did not like it, and I will not be doing that again. That was not for me. I like to be, I do not like going to bed pretending like it's a normal night. Did not like that. Fail. Did not, won't be doing that again. Um, can I can I just say that a party you're required to go to still fun. doesn't sound like nope. a party. I would still never fun. join a club where I was required oh. to stay up till midnight. <laughs> yeah, no, it was still fun. Because it's like a big, I mean, Paducah's social scene is like not so big. You know what I'm saying? Like most people are there. They always had really great DJs and like a big fun moment where balloons dropped and we all had champagne. And it was like very traditional. And it, the the stressful part is like you had to sell a certain amount of tickets. That's what made it sort of like stressful and ready to abandon. But I mean, it was a fundraiser, so that made sense. But I loved it. I loved they moved to like floor length gowns at a certain point, which made it even more fun and fancy. So I'm here for the fancy. I think this year we might do like a combination of the adults go out and get a little fancy and then come back and celebrate midnight with all the kids because my boys love it. They freaking love New Year's Eve. They love like all the fun party games and the balloons. We've done balloon drops in our in our great room, which has a vaulted ceiling, which is really fun. I I just love it. I think it's I agree that it's like it does kind of stink to start the year tired a little bit, but uh, the other big thing that's a part of New Year's Eve schedule is our local Dillard's has a phenomenal New Year's Eve sale where literally the entirety of Paducah. So it's like it's like the after party the next morning. We all go to Dillard's and buy all the things. So that's part of our New Year's Eve ritual now, too. So it's not like I'm like going out and running three miles. I'm just getting up early and going to Dillard's. So whatever. What about you, Beth? Are you a party person or no? Well, growing up. My best friend's birthday was New Year's Eve. Oh, fun. And so I have so many wonderful memories of spending the night at her house and celebrating her birthday on New Year's Eve. And 
us like sitting at the kitchen table cutting up construction paper to make our own confetti. Oh, fun. And it, I think I'm always chasing something that feels like that New Year's Eve because it was just it was such a wonderful time. So I host New Year's Eve for friends. Some years that's a big group. Some years it's a small group. But it is very much a wear your pajamas, but let's have kind of fancy appetizers. Yeah. And last year, a friend made special non-alcoholic drinks that we could all have that the kids felt very, very fancy about. Yeah. And so we don't stay up until midnight because I don't want to be tired. And also, I don't want my children to be tired. It's probably more that than me. But I love and so appreciate like the ball drops that you can just turn on when you're yeah, ready for that so moment. True. And so we kind of end the party by doing that, letting the kids have the hooray, exciting moment. Everybody writes some resolutions and goes home. So it's perfect for this season of life. I'm very much like you, Elise. There is a particular dress that I want. And like I have a vision of someday being at a big fancy New Year's Eve party that is explicitly for adults that I do not host, but just go get to enjoy. But I just feel like that's for a different season. And right now I really want my daughters to love New Year's Eve the way that I grew up loving it, which was just like being at home, but it feeling really special still. I love that. I love that. All right. Next up, we'll we'll tackle the dun 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 resolutions. <laughs> just finished A Court of Thorns and Roses and craving another fantasy world to devour? Dipsy's got you. Dive into spicy enemies to lovers' tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods and goddesses, Regency-era historical fiction, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. If you're looking for a very quick salon quality, but not salon priced manicure, Olive and Jean has you covered. We've talked about Olive and Jean's Manny system before. It has everything that you need for a professional manicure in one box, salon grade tools, your choice of six polishes. Those polishes are gonna last you for seven days or more. The cost breaks down to about $2 a manicure. Olive and Jean also has press-ons if you want. What I love though, is that Olive and June each season is coming out with new colors. And I just got a set of spring and summer colors in quick dry polish. And they say this dries in about a minute. It seemed dry to me in about 30 seconds. It was not kidding about being quick dry. I also love the light colors in this set. There is a huge range. My favorite one is called Kitten. It's like a pinkish gray. The quick dry polish gives you full coverage in one or two coats. It lasts for more than five days and it is offered in more than 40 cruelty-free and vegan polishes. Olive and June just understands what's happening in our lives, that we need to move quickly, but we want to look great and feel great and have fun in the process. Visit oliveandjune.com slash pantsu for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash P-A-N-T-S-U-I-T for 20% off your first Manny system.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. All right. Who writes, like, officially writes down resolutions? Oh, I do. You do? Okay. Beth does. Maggie? Yes. Okay. Belize? I I really don't. This is part of me trying to let go of some of that energy. And this is a space in my life where I have become more comfortable letting it go. I used to very much be like a write it all down, get the new habit tracker on January 1st. And there's 17 things that I need to do every day of this new year. (laughs) And inevitably that fails, (laughs) right? Like you can't sustain that. And I think I've gotten better at setting more intention throughout the year of trying to not see it all wrapped up in this one day or this one moment. This is the one chance for a restart, but just being less specific, I think, about what I want so that there's less disappointment when I inevitably don't drink enough glasses of water every single day of the whole year. That's so funny. All right, Maggie, how explicit are your resolutions? Well, I think that I like to be more of like a word of the year kind of That's person. what I was going to say. Mine have definitely shifted from a resolution to a word of the year scene. Yeah, and I also try to like come back around like maybe quarterly but like in the summer like so like when school gets out like there's yep. like a like an opportunity to sort of like reset reevaluate mm-hmm. what you're doing for sure um, but i like i feel like i was looking i found my list love it that i made at the beginning of this year and like some of the stuff that i was like i want to do this year was like super easy like i wanted to get my button that unlocks my cars like fixed because it needed a new battery <laughs> which literally was like three dollars and 15 minutes but I did it. And I'm like, just looking back at that, I'm like, yeah, Look that was so satisfying. Marking that off like a boss. That is too funny. What about you, Beth? I write mine down. I am pretty specific, although they're not quantifiable things because you know how I'm kind of against measurement. But I will I will set intentions, you know, like this is a this is how I want to feel or I want to prioritize my physical health or whatever this year. I'll tell you what, it helps me a lot that we do our words of the year and share them. There's real accountability word. in having announced your word of the year on the internet. I like that we share our political resolutions because that's kind of like professional goal setting that you have real accountability around. I have but one resolution for 2022 personally. Ooh, I'm excited. It's going to have subparts, I think. But my one resolution, I feel like somehow I allowed 2021 to pass 
in a haze. Mm. Like, I have not felt the passage of time this year. Interesting. It is the weirdest thing. I cannot believe it's December. And I have felt that way every new month. I'm like, what? It's October? <laughs> what? It's June? How did June get here? I don't, I don't know if it was kind of a defense mechanism against kind of experiencing some disappointment after 2020 or what. But I feel like this year has just completely passed me by and I do not like it. And so my 2022 resolution is just to feel time. Okay. So I think that's going to mean like really sitting down with my kids. I've done this for Christmas. What do you really want to make sure that we do around Christmas? Gingerbread was at the top of their list. Great. So I want to do that for every month next year. Like, what do we really want to make sure that we experience in this time of the year? Because I don't want to get to December 2022 and feel this mushiness that I feel this year. That's interesting. Do you just feel like it went fast or you really feel like you just didn't soak it in? Both. Okay. I mean, maybe some of it is because it was our 40th birthday year. Mm. So I put a lot of my thought into just turning 40 and how do I want to feel about that? But I don't even feel like it's been a birthday. I had a I had a wonderful 40th birthday celebration. But other than that, I look back on the year and think, what did I, what did I do this year? Mm. I don't know. It's really... It's like a flat lining that I do not want to experience again. That's interesting. I I mean, I think I avoid, I'm aware of that in myself. I just don't have a great memory. I just, I don't have a strong memory for things. Like I need the triggers I need. So I'm like a pretty devoted memory keeper. I do the Project Life. I, did, I didn't I did do, actually, I, I subsumed a lot of the things I usually do, like Week in the Life and December Daily under this new app. I'm going to see how I ended up liking it. But I actually found out like what I did this year. Here's Here's a suggestion is I did a lot of like video memory keeping, which I really enjoyed. Like I did the lip syncing thing when we were on our vacation in Florida and we lip synced Kokomo. And I took a lot of one second videos over the summer. I'm doing a one second a day for December daily. And I just love the video. Like it just makes it if you would just you're there. You're like in the moment in a way you aren't with like pictures. And I'm really liking it. I'm trying to like do more of that because it does help me feel those different moments of the year. I love One Second a Day. I think it is a phenomenal app. So here's my struggle because I'm not looking for more tasks. I don't know if memory keeping, my heart is open to the idea that memory keeping would help me. But I'm also thinking about like memory making. Like here's an example. We love kayaks. We didn't take them out this summer. Mm. And I don't know why. And I don't know how the summer just ended and we hadn't done it. So there's there's a part of me that just wants to make sure that I don't miss the season yeah. in a way that I feel like I missed some of the seasons this year. Well, I think that's why the new year is so powerful. And, and like that's what we really try to do with our family goal poster that we hang up on the wall. So we like keep that stuff ever present. This is what's important to us. We want to go outside. This is what's important to us. We want to work on giving back, like just like putting it and it hangs in our kitchen and we look at it and we mark them off. And, you know, as far as the like memory keeping, memory making, one of our executive producers, Allie Edwards, like y'all, she just she invented the game. She invented it. I read about her week in the life in Real Simple like 15 years ago. And I thought this woman has changed the game. She didn't even change it again. She invented a whole new game. It's just it's so amazing what she does. And she has like classes and like journaling, like we did her, her word of the year journal was amazing. Like mm-hmm. 
She's just so brilliant. And it's like what you when you work with and you do her stuff long enough, it's like you develop this whole other part of your brain that it's not a task, but it's like developing the awareness. It's she's mm, I love her so much. I love her. If you if this is like a part of your New Year's, AllieEdwards.com, man, y'all, she's a she's so, so good at this. So good at this. I think what I'm realizing over the course of this conversation is that one of the reasons I have let go of some of this around the new year is because I'm hyper intense about it throughout the year. The to-do list making and the and the tracking of things and that that's just like my personality naturally is to just have a very, very tight handle on all of that. And this conversation is making me think about what you were saying, Beth, the the bigger picture intentionality of what do I want this summer to look like or this season or this At least this is a good transition to the big life change and how you're thinking about your new year now that you're going to have a baby. And it's going to, I don't know if you've thought about this, it's going to change some things. Yeah, I'm having a very hard, (laughs) I'm having a very hard time thinking about what does 2022 look like. My therapist lovingly suggested that my word for this season maybe should be unknown. (laughs) I I did not appreciate that suggestion. (laughs) And I'm, I'm trying to hold 2022 very loosely because I do feel like the biggest thing I know about next year right now is that I have absolutely no idea what's coming for me. Um, and that's really hard. For I mean, you do. It's a baby. Type. Well, yeah, it's it's a baby. That's what's coming for you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, what will his personality be like? And will he sleep? And how will what will be the best method for us on any litany of things? And there's so much information and trying to process it, but also not get too deep in the weeds on it. And we're doing a lot of purging in our life right now of trying to clean out both our house and just just trying to to purge a lot. I've been really upping, trying to, well, not upping, trying to be more consistent about having a meditation practice and clear out my mind and just trying to create more space in every way in my life because I know that 2022 is going to fill all of those spaces in very new and very different ways that I have not experienced before. And I do have some anxiety about that. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it will be wonderful and very difficult. Well, I've done this three times, the whole baby. And I would say, as a person who, like, loves control, you know, loves tight to-do list and measurements and the whole scene, I think what I learned from particularly babies is just I developed a, a really much more valuable skill, which was just a responsiveness, just a like surfing versus hiking. You know what I mean? Like we're not starting, we're not pushing through, we're not getting to the end point. We are very much in tune with our surroundings and we're going to surf what comes. And it's like a give and take between me and the ocean. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's the ocean and there's only so much I can do. I don't know if you've ever surfed. It's very fun. But like... It's a totally different thing. It's a different thing. And I think like surfing, that's what a baby can teach you. It's just how to to ride the wave. I really like that analogy also because I don't know how you all feel. I think that the last two years, particularly with the pandemic, I mean, really like the last five years, Mm -hmm. but especially the last two with the pandemic, I have really learned a lot about 
surfing versus hiking mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and releasing expectation about what comes next and being more comfortable with ambiguity and the unknown which we you know is great probably preparation well, and it's like you catch the wave or you don't but, but you learn either way yeah. right yeah i'm interested like do the rest of you feel that way just in general from the last few years of just that you're more comfortable with the ambiguity of the unknown and of what comes next for sure it's a little bit of a wizard of oz situation i think because I think the biggest thing I've heard from motherhood, and as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about how many people are listening right now who find it painful for a variety of reasons to listen to any conversation that concerns pregnancy, birth, children. What I wish I could go back and say to myself before I had kids is that what having kids taught me is that I have so much more freedom to design my life in a way that makes me happy than I ever took Like, I think for a lot of people, when you add kids, it is a constriction. For me, it was an expansion. It was like the moment when I realized, like, you are allowed to be happy. You are allowed to make changes. You are allowed to set an example that you would wish for someone else to follow, not be, like, cramming yourself into a tiny little pattern. And that was available the whole time. I mean, that's why I say Wizard of Oz. It was kind of like, oh, it was here the whole, you know, the whole, you didn't have to go on this journey, but you did. So I I wish I could go back and give that freedom to my pre-mom self that I found through, through having kids. And yeah, that means embracing like a ton of unknowns. You stay on the path because there's something comforting about the path, but also the world gets a lot more beautiful when you realize you can get off it. I think faith deconstruction has been a big part of that for me too, of realizing, oh, there's so much beauty outside of these prescribed limits and rules and regulations and dogmas, but there's there's so much more space out here than I thought there was. What about you, Maggie? Well, I just kind of feel like everything that has like happened since I graduated from college has just been like, oh, everything you thought about like what your life as an adult was going to be like was completely wrong. And just getting progressively more okay with that. Mm. I mean, I'm a control enthusiast. And so just kind of like, but I feel like anytime I'm like, oh, I don't have to be in charge of that. Like whether it's somebody else's response or making like my relatives happy with how I choose to spend my holidays or life. Just anytime I let go of that, it's like, oh, that's good. That's really good. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible. And skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. 
Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. I'm hearing through the grapevine that there's been some criticism of my holiday playlist because it is very melancholy in portions. I, Sarah, I was going to tell you this. We haven't spoken in a few days. I listened to it over the weekend and I love it. I think it's great. Thank I think you. you put together an excellent playlist and I love Christmas melancholy. I love a melancholy and here's why. Because I think it's so beautiful to like that moment. I'm going to cry. If the fates allow, like we just don't know, like it's beautiful to plan for the new year and it's beautiful to have a fresh start, but it is, you know, with any wisdom or experience, you learn that it is also going to contain some very hard things. And we don't know if we make it to the end, if everybody we love makes it to the end, that there's this, this sense of like this whole year stretching out in front of us and understanding that it could hold any manner of surprises. And that this fiction we tell ourselves that the biggest deal is like how much self-control we can exercise over the next 12 months is is really cute. It's a cute thing we do. Um, <laughs> but I think that's why I love the words of the year so much, because I, I really try to think about like, I don't know. I don't know what this year is going to hold. I just don't, I know how I feel at the end of the last one, which threw me a lot of curveballs, as they inevitably do. And. Just remembering that a guiding light, a guiding principle is going to serve me so much more than, you know, mountains of self-control 
or internal motivation and sort of looking back over the year and thinking, okay, but what did serve me? I love the like, what's life giving? What's life draining questions? Like what did help me surf that wave, be it an infant or a pandemic or a chronic illness or an unexpected relationship change, like all those things, looking back and thinking, okay, well, instead of saying, this is how I could get better, thinking, okay, well, when I was exercising regularly, when I was meditating regularly, when I was making time for my friends, when I was really using this app or this journal to pay attention to how I'm feeling and what's going on around me, I just think that is infinitely more valuable. And there's so much more kindness in that approach, too. Kindness to yourself. Gentleness. That was my word. My criticism of your Christmas list is 100% to do with the the volume of Kelly Clarkson on it. Rude. But I think you're right on with two to one. (laughs) I think you're right on with the melancholy, though. Here's what I've been thinking about with that. There is certainty in the next year of sadness, Mm. right? Like you don't know what the next year is going to look like, but there's certainty of sadness. I recently uh, cried my eyes out at this time-lapse video of a grape turning into a raisin. And I think it's because like you just know looking forward that everybody's aging. Mm. And I'm I'm at an age now, we, we both are, where you look at your family and you know you'll attend a funeral next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know who it will be or under what circumstances, but you know you will. Mom and dad getting and a little grayer. You know <laughs> you're going to get a call from somebody that someone's in the hospital. Like you just, whatever wonderful things the next year could hold or that you have planned for yourself through these resolutions, it is a certainty that that hard stuff is coming. And I do think there's something almost important as nature is doing its death cycle to kind of be with all of that and feel your place in it. And I feel like it's a lot healthier to bring that energy to late December and early January than sort of da 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 I'm going to go conquer the world this year because that is going to be disappointed no matter what, right? We need that time. I know capitalism tells us we don't. I know capitalism tells us the time is always right to hack and self-improve. But I think that time of, you know, it's not death. I mean, the, the leaves fall off the trees, but the trees don't die. And I think that just that sort of hibernation and moment of giving up on relentless growth, right? Just having that moment to just settle and self-reflect. Those are my most valuable rituals around the new year is where there's there's more self-reflection than there is self-improvement. That's That's what I've really shifted from probably in the last 10 years is that relentless focus on self-improvement and more space and gentleness around self-reflection. And it creates, again, it creates space, this moment in time where we get to reflect, think about what has been and what will be to come. And I love the seasonal aspect of it. I Mm, love spring. I I love when the new buds come on the trees and there's suddenly color again. And I mean, it's so deeply spiritual in so many ways. And there's something so hopeful about spring, but to get to the spring, you have to pass through Mm -hmm. the harder season and the harder part. And I, I hope that's a lesson that I mean, I know I've taken from the last few years, and I hope that we all have to an extent of there has to be some pain sometimes before there's growth and newness and freshness. 
Wow, that's a real bummer of a of a landing spot. No, it's spot, not. Isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> Season the seasonality of life is a perfect transition out of this conversation. That in especially as we are so grateful to be in a community that walks through us with all these different seasons and has wonderful reflections on what this means. And you know, I'm ne- I'm never cease to be amazed at our community's ability to layer on complexity and beautiful rituals and ideas surrounding all times of year, but I know that they'll have them for this time of year. So we'll open up some conversations on our social media channels around everybody's new year rituals, end of year reflections. We thank you so, so much for joining us for another episode of Pantsuit Politics. We will be back for our last episode of the year on Friday. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Pantsuit Politics is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. Elise Knapp is our managing director. Maggie Penton is our community engagement manager. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Our show is listener supported. Special thanks to our executive producers. Martha Brunitsky. Allie Edwards. Janice Elliott. Sarah Greenup. Julie Haller. Helen Handley. Tiffany Hassler. Emily Holliday. Katie Johnson. Katina Zuganellis-Kasling. Barry Kaufman. Molly Kors. The Creeps! Lori Ladau. Lily McClure. Jared Minson. Emily Neasley. The Hessians! Tawny Peterson. Tracy Putoff. Sarah Ralph. Jeremy Sequoia. Katie Steigers. Karen True. Annika Uveline. Nick and Elisa Valelli. Amy Whited. Melinda Johnston. Ashley Thompson. Michelle Wood. Joshua Allen. Morgan McHugh. Nicole Berkless. Paula Bremer. And Tim Miller. Death is inevitable. Happy New Year, everyone.